Hey, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you're listening from. As I always say, um, this world is full of time zones, time zones all over the place, right? Even the United States, where I am hearing from. Um, you know, parenting is, can be a tough thing, right? I, I, I tell you this, just like relationship can be difficult, parenting can be difficult. And um, I, I don't think that, the people always said that it doesn't come with a manual, right? But you, you grow to, to understand the thing. It's a learned behavior, as we would say in psychology, right? And, and I think as you go, go through the challenges, you learn from each um, episode and, and, you know, you become better and you can tell others how to, how to perhaps, well, you can suggest to them how to, to, to raise their children but there are some persons who are so much of an expert that they can tell you because of the expertise that they have developed over time and my guest jim white is no you know no ex exception to to those experts who would tell you but you know one of the things i'd like to ask him eventually is that um the difference between parenting your child your teenager so to speak and grandchildren because I suspect that we parent grandchildren differently because of that soft spot. Most persons, I'm not a granddad, but I, I'm sure that, I, and I, I don't know my grandparents, sadly. I think that's unfortunate. I don't know them, but you know, they died before me, uh, I, I was born. But yeah, I suspect that we parent them differently. So let's go and chat to, to Jim and find out what he has to say about some of these issues. Jim, what's up? What's going on, man? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's truly an honor to be here today and just excited to uh, hopefully share some insights that'll be helpful for your audience. Thank you, Jim. Um, thanks for coming on Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Kenyut White. But what I'd like to know, who is Jim? So um, just as a, yeah, a little bit of background as to how I yeah. got to be here and, and where I'm at. Um I have had, and I would like to say, I'm a, I've been a student of personal development, parenting, and marriage for like 40 years now. Okay. And But more importantly, I've also spent 40 years applying the lessons learned in my life as a husband and a father to six children. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of experience there. Um, I actually, I like to use this analogy of a hero's two journeys. I feel like I'm a, I'm a great example of that. And some of your audience may be familiar with that idea. We're going to go into that, Jim. I'm yes, let me, yeah, let me tell you a little bit. That the premise is if you watch a movie or if there's a book, um, the, the hero or the main character is going through two journeys. And the first journey is a they have a goal or a mission that they're trying to accomplish or a task, if you will. And that's known as the journey of accomplishment. And that makes, you know, for some interesting story, but what makes the story compelling is the second journey. And what's happening is as the main character is working to accomplish that outside goal, they're also going through an internal transformation. Okay. Uh, they're becoming a better person. They're learning or, or developing new principles, values, and beliefs that make their life work better. And so I like to say I'm an example of that because 
you know, as a father to six children, you can imagine we had a lot of stuff to do. I mean, there's a lot to accomplish. It's homework and getting the, you know, the kids where they're supposed to be on time and making dinner. And, you know, there's all of that that we did. Yeah. And we had a lot of obstacles, you know, in a good movie or book, there's always obstacles that pop up. And, and we had our share of obstacles along the way as well, mm -hmm. um, whether it was, you know, a homework assignment that was lost and we all the way up to we dealt with some learning disabilities with one of our kids okay. um, we yeah and we had you know everything from a scraped knee to one of our uh, children that struggled a little bit with drugs and alcohol for oh. example so you know you, you have all of these different obstacles that you overcome yeah. along the way as as well um, and as you know i've been married we've been married for 40 years this year and so as you can imagine we had some good days and bad days with our marriage as well um, but the interesting thing is as i was going along those 40 years doing all the stuff that a dad of six children does yeah. i was also experiencing this internal transformation as well and it was through my interest and passion for those topics of parenting marriage and, and personal development okay. and it was just i was discovering new principles and values that just made our family work better and um i actually i i started writing um like 20 years ago and i put together you know the idea of you know what is a successful family and kind of you know what's that look like and you know our family while we don't always represent that ideal we right. do more often than not and more importantly when we start to drift away or if we have something happen i now have a much better feel for how to get us back on track Definitely. and that's that's part of it and so and then how i got here was you know my youngest child is now off in college and right. so i've just been feeling called to share what i've learned over the last 40 years as a parent yeah. and so i I've, I've put together a book I've, I've recently published a book on parenting for parenting teenagers okay. mm -hmm. and i formed the family enrichment academy um, as a vehicle to just share knowledge and wisdom um, and, and, you know, whether it's online coach or coaching or courses and again, the book, you know, I'm just trying to look for ways to share uh, insights and thoughts for people around parenting. So um, that's sort of the the 40 year journey, if you will, in about five minutes description there. <laughs> so OK, that, that's cool. That's cool. But, you know, you cannot get away without answering this question. All my guests answer. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, we're talking about parenting. But what? What was your childhood like? What was my so um, I grew up and I have one brother, so one younger sibling. Um, and, you know, it, it was pretty I would call it just sort of a normal. I grew up, um, you know, spent a lot of time, right? You know, things that don't happen today. I rode my bike you know, everywhere and all over the place. I don't know if mom or dad even knew where I was. And this is when I was little. Um, when I was an athlete, I did a lot of athletics, um, football, baseball, that sort of thing, up and through into, into high school. Um, so that was a lot of what my youth was consumed with doing, you know, participating in athletics as well. And then um, I mentioned I've been married for 40 years. My wife yeah. and I, we met when we were 15. So uh, it was in high school. So I met my wife, my soon to be wife um, in high school. Yeah, right. And so we had kind of that high school, um, you know, sweetheart type of a relationship that that um, sort of blossomed there in high school. So um, my parents, they, they did divorce when I was in high school. So okay. I've got you know that in my background from a from a child standpoint, um, although it was ours was not a, a 
what I'm, a difficult divorce. They they were very amicable. They got along okay. okay cool. Yeah. After and so it, there was it wasn't like there was a lot of tension there. But yeah. it, you know it's just something that you go through and yeah, it, you it catches you. Yeah. yeah, it catches you off guard. I mean, it wasn't something that I had any. Um, yeah, I didn't think anything was right. going on. It was just like all of a sudden, boom! There, you know, there it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's you know, I just spent my time being a kid, you know, at that yeah. point. Um, cool. And so it was, you know, it was a pretty. I feel like it was a a good childhood, is what okay. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, fair enough. But let us go into this parenting thing now because it, it's interesting. You know, the, the parenting teenagers and. Yeah, they, you, you have been go, doing some work as it relates to parenting. What are some of the, the the challenges that parents have? What are some of the challenges that you have seen, you have heard um, that parents have? Yeah, so some of the more common, the, the, the sort of the complaints, I don't call it a complaint. It's like, how do I do this sort of thing? It's you know, like, how do I get my teenager to listen to me? is a common question. How do I get them to, the other side of that is how do I get them to open up and talk more to me? I think a lot of times parents start to feel a disconnect between them as their teen, as their young child grows into their teen years, they start to feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Right. Um, how do I get them to respect me um, is another common uh, concern. So those are sort of the, the how-to stuff. But then it's um, I, I've been hearing more and more questions, as you can imagine, around um, the topics of like social media. You okay. know, what, what do I do about social media and how do you know what's what's appropriate there? And then, of course, you always have the uh, the questions around, you know, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You know, the Saturday, you know, they go out on a Saturday night. How do I help to make sure they're making responsible choices um, as a teenager? So yeah. Yeah. it's, you know, I hear a lot. That's the kind of stuff that pops up, you know, friend groups. You know, maybe they um, they're concerned that their their teen is hanging out and has befriended some uh, people that they feel like are a bad, bad influence. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another common question that, that yeah. pops up, you um, know, which. I'm sure it's pretty typical for, for your audience, anybody that has a teenager. Right. You know, some mothers who are listening now on their favorite podcast. So, some who are watching would be saying to you, hey, Jim, I love to have a camera when my teenager um, goes out on a date to see what's going on. Yeah. So, um, which I guess how I would follow up with, you know, the, all the different issues and it's fairly common, um, you know, those issues that are out there. And one of the biggest sort of uh, tension points or conflict points that I see. And when I work with parents is there's this transition that needs to take place. When your child is little, the parent tends to control the environment and control what's going on. But as they move into their teen years, um, I really like to encourage parents to, they have to let go of that need to control everything and shift to more of an empowerment approach. You know, how can I support and empower the teenager to go out and make the right choice as opposed to trying to control the situation and control the teenager? And that is um, a big shift in some cases. And where a lot of the conflict comes in yeah. is when that parent holds on to trying to control yeah. what's what the teen is doing mm. and the teen doesn't 
you know, they'd resist that control. And so that's when, you know, there starts to be a lot of fights and disagreements that pop up. And so that's a fundamental component is making that transition from control to more of an empowerment or coaching type mindset yeah. uh, where you're supporting the team. Yeah. And we call that in psychology. Um, well, in psychology, we learned about a thing called the, 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 the phases or stages of parenting. And, and you mentioned some of those um, um, phases, right? Uh, um, you have to let go. At one point, you have to let go, let them go, right? And, and that can be difficult because you have been holding them for a long while, Jim. Right. And, you're, and I'm sure you're familiar, and I like to introduce the idea of experiential learning yeah. to parents so that they really, you know, part of it is that teenager has to experience some stuff on their own. They need to start developing their own experience. And then that's how they learn and grow. And if the parent, you know, controls the environment too much, they never have a chance to learn on their own. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I, I like to encourage parents to think and start to, to have that in the back of their mind is and like, we, we talked about friend groups, yeah. um, or maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend yeah. that the parent is uh, uncomfortable with. Well, you know, they try to force them away from that uh, relationship. It only creates conflict where what would be better off is if you can help to empower the teen to discover on their own that it's a bad relationship yeah. so that then they have that, you know, that experience so that later on when they enter into another relationship, they're able to judge the quality of the relationship because of their own personal experience. Right. Um, but that's a hard thing sometimes for a parent yeah. to uh, to let go enough to allow their teen to fail a little bit and have that struggle. Um, but that's part of the learning process. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. You know, sometimes you have to be authoritative than authoritarian and, um, you know, try to... to I, I There's a thing called permissive parenting that you should know about. And um, it's something I, I, I do not much agree with, but uh, it, it has its, it, its place as well in parenting but you know authoritative sort of parenting is 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 what i'd like to suggest what do you think um could you say it again i couldn't quite uh, authoritative sort of parenting i'd like to suggest where the child has a say in in sort of a say in especially as a teenager in in, in the whole parenting thing if there are rules let's sit and discuss these rules don't just throw it on them as an authoritarian but being authoritative so you're, you're talking about rules, you know, and that's yeah. and actually that's another one that pops up a lot is that, you know, the teen is not following the rules or not fulfilling their role within the home. And, you know, it there it's a transition that it has to happen. I, I The way I look at it is when they're young, again, the parent controls, you got to start giving over more responsibility, but it it's not like you give everything over to them right at the beginning. They right. have to sort of earn that over yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the idea of like natural consequences, if, if there's something that, you know, they're responsible for, let's, let's say that they're supposed to do their own laundry, for example. Right. Um, and if they don't do it, and then if the teen comes to you with, okay, my clothes are, I don't have anything to wear today because all my clothes right. are in a dirty wash. Well, the parent can't yeah. rescue them. You have to let them Careful. go through that consequence. Yeah. Right. And, and they have to then feel, okay, what are you going to do about that? You know, again, that's when you move more into a coaching mode. And so rather than rescuing them, you say, well, what are you going to do? 
and you sort yeah. of give it, give the problem back to them and <laughs> have them start to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this? Which is yeah. a great experience for the, for the teenager as well. Um, yeah. Talking about experience though, um, you might have had difficulty, um, you know, parenting your children, right? I, I, I just like to find out from you what, what the most difficult um, challenges that you have to deal with as a parent. Yeah, you know, um, probably our most difficult challenge, and I think I mentioned that we had one of our um, kids that had some issue with drugs and alcohol, and it started um, late in high school and then continued on into her college years, which okay. is still, you know, that those teenage yeah. years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just hard to, you know, the, the challenge is it's hard to know what's the right thing to do, you know, and what's the the right, right response. Um and, and one thing you got to learn to trust your intuition a little bit. Okay. And, and some of it is being able to recognize, you know, part of it is recognizing that there's something um, not right and that yeah. you, know, you need to maybe step in and, yeah. um, and, and, and get more involved. And it's recognizing, you know, how, you know, when is that happening? So that's where you got to, you know, trust your intuition because yeah. you, you, and in some ways you don't want to believe it. Right. I mean, you, you, you think, well, this is not, it's not as bad as maybe it, it really is. And so I, th I think for us, that was probably the most challenging time for us was trying to help work through that, which I should say that particular daughter is now an adult with children of her own. Yeah, She's yeah. been able to overcome and, cool. you know, it, it's all worked. It's all worked out. And yeah. it was just part of her journey, which yeah. actually is, is another thing that I like to encourage parents to think about is that parenting is a journey and, you know, it, it's ever changing. You're going to always be confronted with new circumstances and situations. And it's and you have to learn and grow as well as a person. The parent does yeah. as you try to help guide your child through it. And, you know, so I think that, you know, and our daughter going through that, it was part of her journey, but it also was part of ours. When I say yeah. ours, my wife and I. Right. Yeah. And for us to be able to learn and grow and be more um, aware and responsive to those kinds of issues as, as well. Yeah. So, um, but that was probably, I would say the, the most difficult thing yeah. that, that we had to deal with, which is a challenge and a lot of families deal with, right. with those kinds of challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, um, you talk about the challenges that you have with, with um, that particular child. And um, the, the fact that you, I know that you might have empowered her somehow to, to, to deal with this. Right. And, and it's important. But the question I love to ask you, how do you empower teenagers? How do you give that sort of um, empowerment to teenagers um, in, in terms of making them the best? Right. The absolute best. So to me, it's about taking the perspective that the goal is to launch the teenager into their life. And so, you know, that's what the parent's real objective is. How do I get that teen positioned to be able to go off and be successful and, and live a happy and purposeful life on their own? And when I take that on, that's what moves me more into that empowerment mode is how do I support them and empower them to be their absolute best? And part of it is I have to turn over that, you know, some of that responsibility to them and yeah. shift into that support role. I need to be more of a coach and an advisor, if you will, 
and help them to grow and learn. And actually another really big part of it, to me, part of what helps a person accomplish that is that they have a growth mindset. In other words, they're always looking for ways to grow and develop and learn and become a better person. And actually one of the best things the parent can do for their teen is to model that or set that example. If If that parent has a growth mindset and I'm always working and trying to become a better person and I communicate that I'm vulnerable with the teen. I say, you know what, you know, this is new to me too. I'm trying to grow and learn. Let's work on this together. You're sort of teaching or modeling that, that mindset of being of growth oriented. And that's a huge benefit for that teen going forward. And then the other thing, you know, so giving them that growth mindset is one thing, but the, part of the benefit of turning over some control and allowing them to grow and learn and you just support them is you're teaching them how to be resourceful and how to solve their own problems. And, and that is again, huge for them as they go off onto, into their life to be able to solve their own problems. And, um, and then I guess the third thing I would throw out is I like to draw this distinction from a mindset standpoint, of um, there's a fear-based mindset and a loved-based mindset. And as a parent, if you model and teach your teen to be more love-centered as opposed to fear-centered, that is really going to help them to go out into the world and be successful. And, And successful from the standpoint of being able to enjoy some peace and joy and happiness in their life and, um, and in a sense of purpose as well. Yeah, that's interesting. And and you talk about sort of giving them some autonomy somewhere down the line. But but you know, that speaks to being authoritative as a parent instead of being authoritarian. But but let me ask you something though. Control. A lot of times parents tend to want to to have this sense of control, right? Or this attitude and behavior, so to speak, of control over their teenagers. I, I'd like to find out, you know. How, how do we deal with that sort of control? Letting go of your need to control your teenager. And you think that is the greatest gift that um, an parent can give. Talk yeah. It's, um, it starts with self-awareness. I mean, as a parent, you have to start to develop some awareness of, of where you are from a mindset standpoint and, and be able to recognize, oh, I'm trying to control this situation or I'm, I'm, I'm over controlling. And um, and then if you can create a pause, that's what, you know, in the moment, you know, you're you're reaching in and um, let's take it's maybe it's schoolwork, for example. That's an area where sometimes the parents will will over control. They'll try to make the teen do homework at a certain time or they'll they'll be overly involved from a, a schoolwork standpoint. Well, if you if you're aware and you sort of catch yourself in the moment doing that, then create a pause. Mm-hmm. That's the second step so that you, you have a choice. And then when you have that choice, you can say to yourself, okay, if I shift to more of an empowerment mindset, how, how would I handle this? What's, okay. you know, what would I do from more of an empowerment perspective? What question could I ask or what is the lesson that could be learned for the teen um, that maybe I'm, taking away by trying to over control this situation. So it, it really starts from a mindset standpoint and just creating some awareness of, and, and to be quite honest, a lot of times when the parent over controls, it's, it's a fear-based mindset because they're fearful that the teen can't do it on their own. Yeah. 
And you have to start to have some faith in, in that the teen can accomplish and do things on their own yeah. and, and let go of that fear a little bit. Um, and if they do stumble and fall, you know, that's part of their journey and part of their lesson. So, um, you know, that's, it's a challenge though. A lot of, a lot of parents really struggle with the whole idea of letting go of that a little bit. And, um, and that's where I say, you know, the first step is awareness and then trying to create a pause so that you have a choice. You can choose to act differently and, uh, and approach it differently. Yeah, you're listening to Canute Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Canute White speaking to Jim White. Um, no relationship, but white is white anywhere you go, right? And yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, uh, look, Jim, we, we just talk about control and letting go of trying to control your teenager. But if the teenager is not talking, you cannot get anything out of that teenager to talk about the challenges that there. Is it that the parent need to step in with this attitude of control, this behavior of control? Well, attitude and behavior is two different things. So this behavior of control, should, should that be? Oh, do yeah. you let them talk? How do you get them to talk? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, a common thing as well. And um, which actually I have a resource that's available for folks. It's um, 10 questions you should never ask your teenager. And right. the premise is they're like conversation killers. You know, these are the ones, the, the questions that tend to shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along with that, I have 10 great questions. These are the conversation starters. Um, but I, and I do think, you know, and it, it's a free resource. You can go to the website and um, just, you know, Put in your email address and we'll send you the, it's a pdf document and i think that you'll find if you start asking better questions that's mm-hmm. one way to get them to open up a little oh, bit cool. and um so that's a part of it and it's also about building connection another one of my my big fundamentals with parents especially parents with teenagers is to be very intentional about trying to build connection with your teen uh, because mm-hmm. as as that teenager grows and matures they start to want to exercise their independence. You know, they see themselves as a separate person and they start to, in effect, kind of disconnect from the parent. And -hmm. while they want to, at the same time, it's a very scary place for that teenager to be and they want to be connected. But as a parent, you got to make a little bit more effort to to build that connection. And I'll give you an example. Like one of the ways that I encourage parents to build connection is by being playful. And okay. so it's a question of how, how can you build some play into your relationship with your teenager? Um, in a simple example from our family, uh, my, I mentioned my youngest daughter actually is in college, but yeah. she she was a she loves music and loves in particular like show tunes, like musicals. Right. right. And her and my wife will flip on the um ipad or whatever playlist and they'll start playing songs from hamilton or you know la mis or whatever and they start singing together and they just sing and belt these songs out but if you think about it it's very playful is what they're doing they're having fun together and they don't have to be saying anything to each other but it's they're building connection yeah and that connection three weeks later if my daughter has a concern about a friend, she's much more likely to open mm-hmm. up because that connection is there. And so that's where I'm saying parents have to be very intentional about building connection. I mentioned the questions, you know, asking great questions. Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear those though. 
So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples yeah. that, that can, can play in. And again, the, the resource has 10, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of times the a parent will, uh, they'll know that their son or daughter has a test, for example. And so when they come home, they'll, they'll ask, oh, what grade did you get on the test? Mm-hmm. And it's a results oriented question when you say that to the teen and the teen, it has a tendency to um, have them, they might get defensive because if the test didn't go as well, or they'll give you that short answer, they'll say, well, it was fine. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just don't open up as much yeah. um, as opposed. You could ask them instead of okay. saying, what grade did they get? You could say to them, you know, was the test a fair test? And by asking was if it was a fair test, it gets them a chance to think and to share their opinion a little bit more. So it's oh, not a yeah. results oriented question. It's more about who, what do they believe? What are their thoughts, values and beliefs and allows them to share that a little bit more. Mm. And it, that's a way to get them to open up when right. you ask those kinds of questions. So, so, so Jim, you have 10 great questions and 10 not good questions, never to ask questions. Right. My thing, if you could sum up each category for me, right? Let, let's look first at the, the 10 never to ask questions. Can you yeah. give, you know, uh, uh, sum it up for me? Yeah. So the, 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 the summary is that there are questions that are, um, I call them results oriented or they're, they're, it, they tend to promote a yes or no answer. They're closed mm-hmm. in questions. You know, what time did you go to bed last night? Okay. You know, 10 o'clock. It, it doesn't promote discussion. And it just and the other thing, again, is it tends to have the teenager feel like you're questioning their judgment okay. when you ask those kinds of questions. So they're closed ended and they're they're sort of results oriented, if you will. And on the flip side, the great questions are mm-hmm. open ended questions that tend to allow them to express who they are as a person. You know, what are their thoughts, values and beliefs? What's important to them? And so you want to ask those more um, process or open ended questions that allow okay. your team to to yeah. to share who they are, what their what are their thoughts, values and beliefs? Because one of the things that what happens is we all want to be heard. Right. You want people you want to know that other people are listening to you and yeah. and, and seeing you for who you really are. And your teenager wants that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, asking open-ended questions that allow them to express who they are, what they believe, what they what they find important and valuable. Those will tend to open them up and allow them to to express that. And on top of that, it builds connection because they start mm-hmm. to feel like, oh, okay, you do have an interest. It's not just about what I can do for you. It's almost what those other closed-end questions. They feel like right. it's it, uh, you know rather than appreciating them for what they did you want to appreciate them for who they are. And there's a distinction between what they did versus who they are. So you're saying the yes, no question, you know, those are conversation killers. Those are never to ask question. Yes, no. You know, to get that answer, yes, no. Right? So instead of doing that, you are suggesting that ask some open-ended question, you know, questions that could um, generate conversations, detailed conversations. Yes, absolutely. And, and ones that are the allow them, especially the ones that allow them to share their um, beliefs, interest, their likes okay. and dislikes, you know, yeah. that allows them to share who they are as a person too. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's critical to it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that that will create the connection that you talked about. And I like when you talk about 
you know, being playful. Sometimes you have to, to get down to their level to build that connection, right? And to have them believe that you will listen to them when, when you know, when they have a challenge. And, and that's critical. But, but here what happened now, Jim. You're a grandparent as well, right? Um, right. Of 12? Yep, 12 grandchildren, yep. 12 grandchildren. And, and I, I would like to find something out. But before that, I, I saw a, a picture that I, you know, I'd love to show, right? Um, <laughs> could, you, could you explain that picture to us? Those persons listening on their favorite podcast platform cannot see, but those watching can see. Beautiful picture. Talk to us yeah. about that picture. Yeah, so it's obviously it's my wife and I there in the middle. Um, we do have some siblings in there okay. as well. Um, but, but my six children, I say siblings, um, some spouses. Uh, there's a few spouses in there. And interesting, um, one of the my son-in-laws is not pictured in this picture. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it was because he's military. He's actually a oh. Marine, a United States Marine, and he yeah. was deployed at the time. And as you can imagine, we, and we have um, children that, Three of them live out of town and three yeah. of them are in our same hometown. And so it's really it's hard for us to get everybody together. Yeah. I um, and it doesn't happen very often. So this was this, this is the most current and up to date picture, even though we were missing one. Um, right. Actually, there's one of the grandchildren. We have a new grandbaby that was born last February. That's Ooh. not in this. Not in this as well. So but, so, so that grandchild is late. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was late for the picture. Late for the picture. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we can get get everybody together again here pretty soon and get yeah. an updated picture with with all of them. Yeah, I love that. But look, a, a grandparent, you and your wife, grandparents of um, twelve, right? It, it it's sort of different in terms of parenting grandchildren in, in my mind that I mentioned earlier that I didn't know my grandparents based on what I've been hearing from persons who do um, it would have been a great thing a great experience but but you tell me um, oh, oh, oh do we parent grandchildren if there I suspect there is a difference in doing that but oh yeah. do we do that yeah absolutely and one of the things that's critical I think is to not oh you know it's not your job to step in and be their parent I mean, they, you know, in our case, our son and daughter or daughter-in-law, they are the parents. And part of the role of the grandparent is you got to, it's kind of like that control thing again. You got to let go of that a little bit and <laughs> yeah. let them parent. And you're and really your role is one of advisor or mentor. Oh. And, um, and that's for the, the parent of the grandchild. And so if they come with a question or, you know, they want some thoughts or advice, you know, obviously we can share that. Um, when we spend time with the grandkids, though, it's interesting. It's, it's easier uh, to be, um, you know, to, to just be there with them and just enjoy being together. That, that connection component is, is really strong because it's not our role to control, you know, to discipline and to do yeah. those other aspects that a parent does. It's just really there to be there. And so what I'm noticing is that you're able to develop and build a really strong bond with a grandchild. Okay. And, and hopefully that evolves into more of an advisor, mentor, coaching kind of a role. Right. Um, it's not my job to control whether they get their homework done, for example, and get it turned in the next day. Right. Um, it, it's just you know to be there and to help and to and to be a support. So, um, but and I think that the hard part is to you know it's to manage that. 
um, again, that it's not our role to be the parent. You know, we right. need to be one step behind the parent in support of what the parent is doing um, without doing the parenting by right. itself, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But somebody listening now, watching, is saying, hey, but it's our role to spoil that child. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. Are, are, well, we, are grandparents doing that? Yeah, it's, um, in, again, the way we approach it is um, we try to not do that, if okay. you will, or to do it with the parents' permission. Okay. You know, like if, if the kids are over at our house and they're looking around and they come to me and they say, hey, can I have a piece of candy? You know, I just don't freely offer that. Okay. It's like, cool. OK, you need to go ask your mom or dad if this is OK to do, because, again, I want to make sure I'm being I honor yeah. what it is. And there may be a reason that they do or don't want yeah. to have their child do something. And part of my role is to honor their role as a parent. Right. And so, you know, you, but sometimes and, and they and it's interesting, our kids will let us get, a, you know, do that some and yeah. let us spoil them a little bit. Right, but we right, but right. always do it sort of with their blessing, if you will. Yeah. Um, so and I think that's an important piece of it. You know, you can now, sometimes we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take care of, we'll babysit, if you will, or we'll be in charge. And so we have to be a little mindful of, okay, we don't want to overdo it or overstep it from a spoil standpoint, but yet it's, it is a different relationship, you know? Yeah, you so, yeah. um, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's always great. And what, you know, we're enjoying now, as you saw that big picture is right. it's, it's cousin time, you know, the, there's, you know, my daughter's, three kids and the other daughters, three kids hanging out together and developing relationships yeah. as cousins. Um, and that's just, it's just so cool to watch those bonds form Oh yeah, because they will be, they'll be cousins forever. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Definitely. Your book though. I, I want to talk a bit about that, you know, despite time. Um, what, what, what are you, are the key strategies you actually taught in your book? So the book is really centered around three key fundamentals, um, which we've kind of touched on each okay. of them through today. But the first one is around the parent's mindset and the parent being very intentional about, you know, where they're coming from, whether it was fear based or love based mm -hmm. and just being aware, creating some pause and making a choice about how do they want to proceed forward. So the first yeah. fundamental is, is really working with the parent from a mindset standpoint. Mm -hmm. The second fundamental is around building connection. And in the book, I've got like nine strategies for building connection with your teenager. And it's, it's think of it as preventative medicine, the more, the big, the deeper and the more quality you can have in that relationship and that connection um, that's going to help the teen and be a great support for the teen as they go out into the world. Yeah. And then the, the third fundamental is around having the parent shift to more of an empowerment mindset and letting go of their need to control and fix everything and shifting more to an empowerment. And I provide 10 skills and they're really coaching skills. You know, how yeah. do you coach with your teen and support them? Um, so those are the three fundamentals, okay. parents mindset, building connection and then turning into more of a source of empowerment for the, right. for the team. As we wrap up, um, Jim, um, there's this one question that I'd like to ask. If you, if you could just only give one piece of advice to um, a parent with a teenager, we know how challenging it can be. What would that advice be? You know, it's, I still feel like, 
the, the best thing you can do for your teen is to continue to develop and grow as a person yourself because you set the example for the teenager. I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes a parent will say, oh, I'm worried about my teenager drinking and driving, let's say. And, um, and, and so my question is, well, always, you know, are, as a parent, are you drinking and driving? You know, do you set a good example for them? Because if the parent does, then the teen is more than likely going to, to follow that, or they're gonna have more um, tolerance for it, if you will, from their perspective. So I think, you know, the parents continue to grow and learn and develop and, and managing their mindset is uh, really the place to start um, when it comes to, to working with your teenager. And the more, the more you do that, then just all of your engagements and the way that you, everything is sort of built off that, um, that parent and them being in a good place. Great, great, Jim. You know, I, 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 I love what you're saying. I, I, I know that my audience will learn you know, a lot from, from what you have said and perhaps will make them a better parent um, you know, because most people believe that, okay, fine, I'm good at parenting. But as I've said earlier on, it's a matter of as we experience this parenting thing, we, we improve and, and that's what you, you have been saying as well. And, and, and that's critical that we understand that. What are your contacts, Jim? How can people contact you uh, or you know, get your resources? So um, the Family Enrichment Academy is the business. And so the website is familyenrichmentacademy.com. And you can go there, again, get those um, 10 questions to never ask and the 10 great questions. And um, I have my email address is listed there, but I'll go ahead and share it. It's jim at yeah. familyenrichmentacademy.com. And so feel free to reach out at one of those two um, two places. And it's just, it's, it, I always, I say, it's just an honor to be able to help and serve people and move them along their journey. And it is a journey. Um, and I'm, you know, I just love to have this opportunity to share and work with people and hope, you know, and help them to yeah. um, grow and learn and develop. It's just, it's just a privilege and it makes my, um, it's very purposeful work for me. I feel a lot of uh, a sense of fulfillment and purpose as I, as I do this with parents. Thank you, Jim. You know, it's, it's nice talking to you. Jim White on Can You Exploration, your topic in the podcast. Thanks for coming. And your, web, your website and other links will be in the description of this, this uh, episode so, you know, others can see. Thanks, Jim. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was Jim White's um, fascinating story, fascinating information. Um, fascinating father and grandfather and um, you you must go to his website running across the screen there on our channel and you are on listening on your favorite podcast platform it's www.familyenrichmentacademy.com um, go there find ways to contact Jim and um, have a talk with him see some of the resources that are there and Thanks for watching Canute and listening Canute Exploration, your topic in a podcast. Nice being here with you again. Goodbye.